Welcome to Get Your Armies Off Our Bodies, a podcast by Wage Peace. So good you could join us. I'm Zelda. Previous episodes have shown how weapons companies are putting themselves right inside our kids' education from as early as four years old with Lego competitions. It doesn't stop when kids finish school, of course. Weapons makers are deep inside universities as well. And there's a campaign against this in the UK, which we love. The campaign, that is, not the weapons companies. My name is Musala Jinsala, and I am the co-founder and executive director of Demilitarised Education. My journey actually started after watching grandmas be arrested for sitting in the road. And I was shocked to disbelief because there were our elders, these old ladies that were just simply sat in the road and the police were dragging them out while protecting um, weapons of war, which were being brought into the Excel Centre in London for the Defence Security Equipment International Arms Fair. So I was studying fashion, um, looking at how we can make our supply chains in the fashion industry a little bit cleaner, a little bit more ethical. Um, And I was working on my year in industry. And during that year, I worked for Vivian Westwood. I worked for um, London Fashion Graduate Week. And then finally, I worked for the Hemp Trading Company. Now, the Hemp Trading Company have very political branding and they use social justice as part of their mission to sell really clean clothes. Um, And they told me that they were going to go to the arms fair to video some content for their brand. And I was like, what? There's an arms fair. There's an arms fair actually happening in our capital city. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, like they already knew about it. So it was just normal bullshit to them. Where for me, I was honestly in shock. Now this arms fair happens every two years. And that year in 2017, we actually sold, and by we, I mean the UK, sold weapons to 18 of our own human rights watch list. So there I was, watching grandmas be arrested, watching war machines brought into the XL Centre to be sold. And I just had a massive epiphany about how corrupt our country actually was. Um, And I decided that I was going to go back to my university the University of Manchester um, and raise some awareness about this. That's where my whole journey just escalated. Well, when I think about it, they were always there. However, it, it really didn't click. We always had in schools, you know, the police or a visit from the military to come and do an assembly with students. 
most of our military recruitment in the UK is targeted to working class, low income demographics. So it basically is like a government policy that recruitment for the military should be happening within education. Like the most common example is the opportunity to join the cadets. The cadets is like a young person's military training where it's pretty cool because you get to go out of school and yeah, you do physical exercise to train you for the military. You also do mental operations to train you for the military. And one of my friends learned how to drive a glider plane. So she was actually flying. You know, if you want to be a pilot, you'd probably join the cadets. They they give these children the messaging of brotherhood, of exploration, of travel, of learning skills you wouldn't be able to learn anywhere else. And sell them this lie that the military is an amazing opportunity that is going to serve them in many ways. Believe me, they they only serve dessert. <laughs> One of the first things I did was go and talk to veterans. And I told each and every one of them that we wanted to get the military and defence sector out of education and what they thought about that. And each and every one of them said, absolutely, you need to do that. War is horrible. We are, we are treated really badly. And having our education systems used for the continuation of the military is completely immoral. What we have found at Demilitarised Education is that UK universities are partnering with the military defence sector in three key ways. The most predominant one is research. So the military or an arms company will pay either a single researcher or a university department a lot of money so to support arms-focused research agendas. What this ends up looking like is basically that university's capacity is being used to build arms technology. Now, the other two key ways is that the arms companies and military will pay departments for consultancy. They will use the department's intellect and resources to advance their own businesses. Um, and also use those spaces to funnel students into career opportunities with the military and defense sector. And then the final um, partnership type that we look at is investment. So that is when universities actually buy shares in arms companies and then profit from those shares. Now, At Demilitarised Education, we have created the world's first university and arms database, and we have been working with students across the UK, teaching them how to research their university's involvement with the military and defence sector and upload it to the database. So far, 
This database has uncovered over one billion pounds worth of money money transferred between the military and defence sector and UK universities, and our research has barely scratched the surface yet. What we're aiming to do is gain research on every university in the UK so we can benchmark them and then leverage that data so to persuade universities to sign the Demilitarised Education Treaty. This treaty is a central document that guides comprehensive change, policy, adjustments, divestment and plans for reinvestment into sustainable sectors. This aims to set a new precedent where it is unacceptable for universities to partner with the military and defence sector because education has the power to transform society and this power should be used in favour of peace, not war. Now, the other really important thing about the University in Arms database is the fact for the first time ever, we are tracking student actions taking place on campus. Demilitarization campaigns have been active for decades, but because of student turnover, when one group of students graduate, it often means that the next lot of students hoping to campaign against the militarization of higher education have to start again. You know, you you put so much work in, so much work. And if you haven't found someone in the years younger than you at university, or you know all your work is about to be lost. And that's that's a really sad thing that many students go through. Um suddenly the their passions and the work they put into their passions is is lost and this is obviously this is great news for the university (laughs) it means that the the pressure that they have been under is lifted that gives them the ability to do whatever they want to do without transparency without accountability Um, and if they're lucky it will take you know another year or so before a new set of students pick up on the fact that they are welcoming war criminals into their educational spaces. What this did is it just weakened our campaign. It weakened our ability to really be able to express the problem. And our database solves this problem because we track any correspondence that's happened between universities and students. We're tracking all the actions that have taken place, any military sightings on campus, so that we can start to really build upon past generations movements, compare inter-campus campaigns, and learn from our mistakes at long last. So we're really, really excited about that feature. And already within months of it being published to students, We've had incredible feedback from campaigners who have been using it. Um, At the University of Nottingham, there was a massive occupation of a building and the students were actually able to stop Rolls-Royce and BAE systems from coming on campus. This is a huge, huge thing um, because universities do whatever they can to protect companies with so much money but those students were really thankful that they were able to get on with the campaigning that needed to take place 
because we already had the data and evidence there to enable that work. Unfortunately, STEM really has no separation from the military-industrial complex at this point. And the military is so deeply involved with our scientific development that it's impossible for STEM students to be able to truly work within the realms of their own ethics. And while we're working to essentially remove these opportunities from their departments, we can't be surprised that this will, of course, upset some students. This is why we put a lot of focus onto making sure there is understanding for on diversification and how their skills, how their ability to develop within the STEM space can be used for the betterment of society and not for the continuation of the war machine. Education has immense power to transform, to heal, to help people and planet become better. And it has done that already. There's so much evidence of the power of education within society. And therefore we see no limits to the potential of these departments, of STEM subjects, beyond bombs, missiles, nuclear weapons. We need these minds, we need these resources to tackle world issues, poverty, climate change. All these wars happening today, which we are profiting from, and that profit is then being used to continue feeding the military agenda when we so desperately need a peace agenda. You've been listening to Get Your Armies Off Our Bodies, the first season of PeacePod. This episode was produced on unceded Aboriginal country on the continent known as Australia. Production credits and other links are in our show notes. I'm Zelda, and we're Wage Peace, wishing you a future of earth care, not warfare. Not warfare. Earth care, not warfare.